house, y'all. He's in the house, man. Let's listen to this man. He got some good news for you. Hey, everybody. Gather near. The doctor's in the house. So lend him your ear. The things he can say might even make your day. He might even help your pain go away. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. I've been talking to myself. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry for this. I've been talking for the last 15 minutes and uh, didn't realize the microphone wasn't connected. Oh my gosh. So let's just start again a little bit. I've been talking about chewing gum to myself, I guess. And I, I did want to open the show by reading the disclaimer that this program contains general medical information and you should check with other sources and review information with your physician. I did say today and every day you should love yourself and forgive yourself and that happiness is a lifestyle. And I also mentioned that we the people should mean something again. When people fear the government, that's called tyranny. When the government fears the people, that is called liberty. Thomas Jefferson said that. I also opened with isolation and uncertainty. Uh, we're, we're still waiting, and I wanted, wanted to again emphasize that we should have self-care because self-care is the true health care and how we love and care for ourselves and how we love each other not only impacts disease, but also how resilient we are to getting infections, how resilient we are to having mental issues like depression, anxiety, and sleep issues, and performance issues. And we have to be in charge of our own health care. We have to be the CEOs of our own health care. And the naturopathic philosophy, which, which talks about frequencies and a life force, an invisible force in our body, we have to talk more about that and know that we are frequency-based energy organisms. And then I talked about, while my microphone was not connected, chewing gum, because chewing gum is a, a uh, petroleum-based plastic. There are petroleum-based plastic chemicals in this product. 
And 75% of people don't know that, that you, that have, that chew chewing gum. They're so damaging to the environment that Singapore banned them. Not just because they you know, get on people's shoes and whatever, people stick them all over. But they're damaging to the environment. And they also have artificial sweeteners in them. And we talked about how that can ruin your, your microbiome of your gut and your, you will never have a superior interior with the artificial sweeteners like aspartame and sucralose. But if you keep eating aspartame and sucralose and you chew a lot of gum, you know, your risk of obesity, cancer, and heart disease goes up. I talked about the plastic, uh, the phthalates and the plummeting sperm count in men, right? Which is going to cause a disaster years from now. Well, these plasticizers and phthalates definitely decrease the sperm count in men. And most uh, a lot of people, in fact, 90% that were tested for plasticizers, they found eight different ones in their urine. And now they want to make plastic food. Hello. I know we're addicted to plastic. Now we have to add chewing gum to this. These endocrine disruptors, these part of these 15,000 chemicals we have in our environment. You know, and it affects us in the womb until we're adults. It affects your thyroid, your sex hormone, your vitamin D levels. And how important is vitamin D, ladies and gentlemen? These phthalates and endocrine disruptors can trigger birth defects. It affects your endocrine system, that which regulates your mood, your growth, your development, your sexual function, your reproduction, and your metabolism. They're all over. Now you have to add cigarette butts to that. Beside all the shampoos and soaps and shower curtains, takeout containers, you have to add cigarettes. And we, while we're at it, we should add those surgical masks. They're all, they all contain microplastics, which are ending up in our lungs and in the ocean. Thousands of tons of plastic mass ending up in the ocean, and almost every fish out there has plastic inside them. And we know we can find it in seawater, sea salt, shellfish, even whale stomachs have been they found to have plastic in them. And some drinking waters, that's not filtered out. It could be in your drinking water. And in 2014, they found 24 brands of beer testing positive for plastic. So, do you really need to chew that gum that's fillers, elastomers, emulsifiers, softeners? I mean, there's a list of ingredients that would blow your mind. And the FDA allows these in gum. All right, so not, not to go on to a more of a tirade, but there's petroleum wax and polyethylene and polyvinyl and isoprene and butadiene, styrene rubber in, in, in chewing gum. So 
So I wanted to bring chewing gum to your attention, ladies and gentlemen. The second thing I want to bring to your attention, and something you probably don't, don't even give a second thought to, is laundry detergents. They are also contributing to our toxic body, right? You've heard me talk about these 15,000 chemicals that are just, that we're bombarded with each and every day. We're bombarded with toxins from the cosmetic industry, the personal care product industry. Chewing gum. You know, you take a shower, your skin is, you take a shower with hot water, your pores are all open. And then these plasticizers, these endocrine disrupting chemicals have a free entrance right into our bodies. So, you know, we get, we feel if we, we can get these plastics in through our mouth or through our, our skin, the largest organ of the body. And then we wear clothes, right? That have been washed with laundry detergent and you wear them most of the day, right? Sometimes in the heat makes it even easier because laundry products can be loaded with chemicals, loaded with chemicals. Again, you don't want to be gaslighted by the uh, advertisements you see on television. They don't want to tell you about what's hiding in their, in their product. But I can tell you, as it seems that more people are becoming aware of just how many toxins are hiding in their homes, right? Because we talk about it here and I'm sure they read about it other places. But I don't think a lot of people, according to uh, Brian Vasley, even think about laundry detergents. They want everything to sound good, huh? They want to gaslight you. You know about dryer sheets, they're really toxic, right? Toxic to your skin and your lungs. And everybody just about knows that. But toxic laundry detergent uh, is in contact with your skin all day and some people all night too. And they're not magically washed away these chemicals, you know, just because you see a rinse cycle. And they do get absorbed, ladies and gentlemen, through the largest organ of your body, which is the skin. And you know, you have this uh, beautiful aroma sometimes. Well, that's uh, that's gas off the uh, chemicals. There's chemicals that off gas and then you breathe it. You think some of those chemicals don't land on surfaces that you touch later in the day. So, and just as a sideline, you know, not only affects human beings, it can, can affect your dogs and cats. Cause you wash their, their bedding, right? So what's in detergent that's so terrible what that we're even talking about it today. Well, how about the synthetic fragrances? They're in almost everything, right? But they're very common in laundry products, including detergents. And these fragrances by themselves can cause allergic reactions and rashes and respiratory issues. And guess what else? Endocrine disruption. Because some of these chemicals are suspected or known endocrine disruptors and they you you might not even find uh find it on the label 
but you have to look for the word fragrance perfume on the label. Maybe that will give you a hint. And be careful of the products labeled unscented. Always read the label. There's sodium lauryl sulfate that can cause skin and eye irritation. There's one for dye dioxane, which is a nasty chemical. You don't want that in your house. The EPA even classifies that as a human carcinogen because it can cause skin, lung, kidney, and liver issues and birth defects. It has benzene. Benzene ingredients go by a few names like benzyl acetate, dichlorobenzene, and the warnings for benzene that can cause cancer and is an irritant. There's formaldehyde in in most laundry detergent. That's a you know dangerous chemical. None nonophenol ethyloxates, NPEs. Well, that's tricky to pronounce, wasn't it? They're also endocrine disruptors and break down into even more problematic chemicals. They accumulate in the environment and they're toxic to wildlife. We know about bleach. I'm not going to talk about that, but how about optical brighteners? Have you ever wondered how laundry detergents make your clothes look whiter, brighter, and stainless? Well, one ingredient, the optical brighteners, OBAs, also known as UV brighteners. But you know what? Again, it's a, it's a dog and pony show. These chemicals don't actually whiten or brighten your clothing at all. You know what they do? They put a substance coating that absorbs the UV and violet light rays and it re-emits them in the blue region of the electromagnetic spectrum. So they do a, they change the light f frequencies. And that's just an explanation of how optical brighteners work. It translates to one basic thing. They trick your eyes into thinking the clothes are whiter and brighter without doing a thing to truly remove the stains. But these things can also cause skin irritation and they can cause effects of, to the aquatic life. And there's aluminum sulfates and other surfactants. There's quaternary ammonium compounds that Dr. Dnieper for years told people to avoid because they make your skin sensitive. And they, they have been talking about at least discontinuing them around children because they can affect developing bodies, then the artificial dyes, right? So again, you might want to look for a plant-based detergent, zero fragrance or naturally scented, something that's safe for the environment. So chewing gum and laundry detergents, ladies and gentlemen, something you want to be on the lookout for. Sorry to uh, burst your bubble there. So what condition has doubled the death risk during this pandemic? And I think almost everybody's been touched in some way or another by this. It's really a scam, but they call it a pandemic. I mean, even if you didn't get sick yourself, 
you know, there's been the political divisiveness, supply chain issues, rising prices. I mean, we're, you know, we're going up to $6 a gallon in gas and wait for the grain prices to go up and food shortages. Who hasn't been isolated? But, you know, some people have uh, even taken a greater hit. And a lot of them weren't even infected with the so-called virus. It's been an indirect effect of the pandemic. And according to the latest news that I read, some of the worst affected might have been some of our most vulnerable loved ones. And we're talking here, ladies and gentlemen, about older individuals with dementia. Now, we all know that just because you lose your memory, that does not lead to a shorter life. So people die with dementia, not from it. People die with COVID, not from it. Death rates tend to be higher among people with dementia, even in normal times. But Medicare enrollees were recently analyzed and revealed that early on in the COVID-19 scam in the year 2020, dementia-related mortality skyrocketed by more than 25%. And they compared those numbers to the pre-pandemic statistics from 2019. When they went further into the numbers, because excess mortality was twice as high for older folks with dementia as for those without the condition. Now, if you know someone or a loved one or you care for someone with with Alzheimer's or some other forms of dementia, you know that they're in the crosshairs for other possible conditions like Parkinson's, depression, and more, okay? And, And demented... People with dementia can also uh, be more prone to infections. And outcomes are generally a little bit more, uh, or uh, generally worse in patients uh, who do catch any, any kind of virus or infection if you have dementia. But what these authors did of the study they suggested that the excess mortality could be contributed to something else besides infections. Patients with dementia that were in nursing homes, you remember, they weren't allowed to see visitors. And if you were receiving care at home, you weren't allowed to leave. And care providers couldn't always get into them. And you know how, how how most people struggle with telehealth visits, right? Imagine trying to do that with a person with dementia. So this is just the first blow at this uh, uh, these numbers to uh, determine how many people with dementia were adversely affected by lack of socialization. about the impact of this so-called pandemic life other than being affected by infections. So we don't want to leave the, demented, the people with dementia behind, ladies and gentlemen. We can't let the caregivers get burned out. We cannot let 
this happen again to our elderly people by keeping them isolated? We have to continually check on them. We have to insist that we can check on them. Make sure they're getting some fresh air and sunshine. Let them know that they're not alone. Okay, we have to know that our elderly in the nursing homes died not only with COVID, but those that did not even have an infection died just because of lack of socialization and meeting other people. And we have to keep that in mind. And the lockdowns are just crushed the mental health and well-being of young people. I mean, they really suffered. Increased suicide rates. Their mental health needs or drug usage. Just catastrophic consequences on the young people. So there was an article called Mental Health and Well-Being in Young People in the UK during the lockdown. And they felt that the mental health was a time bomb that was predicted in young people as a result of the mandated restrictions. And that really has been the case. And people were concerned about it all along because the young people really did not have to be concerned about COVID. But nobody paid attention. People talked about it. Psychologists, pediatricians urged the government to prioritize the young, young and let them get back to school. But the government said no. And a lot of these young people were studied, and there's numbers coming out now with follow-up, and it's not looking good. One study uh, recruited 389 young people, average age of 21, majority female. They put them through a couple of assessments to see how depressed they were going to be. And their depression was significantly higher. Higher levels during the lockdown. The stricter the restrictions, the higher the chance of experiencing depression. And almost all the students, 97% of them, had at least one mental well-being concern. That's not a scientific study. It was sort of an observational study. And I've told you observation does not prove causation, but it doesn't mean we can, it should not be looked into. But the authors of that study said our study, along with many others, suggest that lockdown led to a well-being crisis in young people. We also found that mental well-being was worse during the pandemic than beforehand, and that mental well-being may have been worse for those in higher levels of lockdown restrictions. And other studies have found the same thing. child and youngster mental health issues. And you know what proved to be a key here also? 
socialization. That was the key protective factor. Okay, and didn't we just say that about patients with dementia? You take socialization away. Now, socialization also includes includes other behaviors like helping others, huh? So getting around other people, helping other people was a therapy. So we have to ensure that there are opportunities for our youngsters to socialize face-to-face. That has to be a priority. Even now, we should have learned from this, all the teenage suicides, all the overdoses. Should be a, it should be a priority to have students socialize. And maybe the universities can get involved and support community voluntary work. So that's where we are today. We're coming out of the scandemic. The truth is coming to light. How big the big pharmaceutical companies contributed millions of dollars to the FDA, Pfizer in particular, is coming to light in these recently re, uh, released records that they wanted 40 years to release, but the judge, thank you, judge, uh, for getting them out sooner. It's coming to light how they demonized ivermectin, which was a known cure for this virus, how they demonize it so that a drug that that has been was known to kill Ebola patient, remdesivir, it's really remdesivir, was the only approved drug to be used in the hospital and killed a lot of people or gave them kidney or lung disease. But if only they could have been pre-treated with ivermectin, zinc, and vitamin D, how many hundreds of thousands of lives would have been saved? How many millions and millions of people would not have had to take the death jab, the clot shot, as it's been called now? And this shot has been found in liver. It has been found in DNA. So there's more to this shot uh, out there that we still haven't learned anything about. And the upcoming AIDS from this shot because it decreases your immunity. I read Dr. Um, uh, Malone saying that every shot decreases your immunity for 15 months. So you get the first shot, 15 months, you have decreased immunity. Second shot, 15 months. The third the third shot, which is a booster, add another 15 months for your, your immune system to decrease. And how the 60,000 doctors and scientists who signed the Great Barrington Declaration how they were demonized. But now all of a sudden, you know, Fauci is is in hiding. You'll find him on a milk carton soon. But he demonized. Like Dr. Koldorf, professor of medicine and epidemiology at Harvard. Dr. Gupta, professor and epidemiologist at Oxford University. Dr. Butik uh, Budakaira, a physician, epidemiologist, and professor of medicine at Stanford University, and all their co-signers were demonized. Because they wanted a focused treatment and let these young kids go on with their lives. 
and follow the science, not the politics. All right, we I'm not going to go there, but you know we have we have talked about how politics and science don't mix, and how science is never settled. Like Fauci says, he's science. He's nothing. He's nothing. He's causing more death and destruction. And I could just see him now. He's probably in a closet someplace since they took his television away. I got ten more variants to talk about. Well, wear your twenty masks and stay inside. So we got to stay positive. That's that's the point I always want to make. This is going to pass. This is going to pass. And if we stay positive, our frequencies will vibrate. We'll be in a better position in the with our lives. Um, you know, continue to take your vitamin D, your zinc, your quercetin. Thank God we don't have to worry about the mandates here in Florida. And otherwise, they really should just be ignored anyway. And we have to reject fear. We have to reject isolation. We have to reject masks. And we have to be loving and hopeful and God-fearing. Because everything that was done was known about. But doctors were afraid of losing their licenses. They were afraid of of, uh, being censured. Uh, High-profile doctors knew that this was a scam, but they didn't want to lose their funding. You know, all this money that, that Fauci controls. Doctors knew all about masks. They knew all about how it limits free oxygen uptake, how it increases your carbon dioxide, how touch, you know, everybody touches their face. They drop the mask on the ground, then they put it back on. All the doctors know that a healthy body is the best defense. And they knew that a jab usually takes seven to 10 years to receive approval. Not, not not three or four months. They couldn't say anything. They knew that there never was a virus, a coronavirus vaccine that was ever successful. And that if you, if, if you do get a vaccine, you don't need a, a booster shot every three to six months. Doctors knew these things, ladies and gentlemen, but few of them spoke up. And that's a disgrace. And that's why I keep telling you that modern medicine is the fourth leading cause of death. Death by Modern Medicine by Dr. Carolyn Dean talks about how for well over a century, the treatment of symptoms with drugs, a pill for every ill has dominated the definition of healthcare. We ended up with a sickness industry, ladies and gentlemen, that kills an enormous amount of people each and every year, over 225,000 and counting. And we're not improving because we're, we're killing more people. It's increasing about 25,000 people a year. And now with them not having the ability to give appropriate drugs and only use Fauci's uh, procedure, this year, I have no idea how many, how many are going to be added to that list. Self-care, taking care of yourself, doing your own reading. Don't believe anything. 
Your doctor will probably overtreat you because he doesn't want to get sued. You'll probably get a prescription because uh, it's easier for him to do that. I just heard of a guy took and took his wife to her local emergency room here in Florida because she, because she wasn't feeling good. And he said, uh, well, they were really, really treated her good. They did a lot of tests and they said it was a, probably a virus, but they were going to give her an antibiotic anyway to get ahead of it. Get ahead of what? The antibiotic is going to kill her microbiome. May have a reaction to the antibiotic. And antibiotics do squat for viruses. You know, and, and I've talked about, even though a drug or a treatment is so-called backed by science, that doesn't guarantee us it's safe and effective. There might be safer alternative treatments. So rather than talk about hydration and diet, lifestyle changes, I'll give you a prescription for an antibiotic and we'll get ahead of it. Get ahead of what? So we'll talk more about this another time. I just want to get, let you know that socialization and having a good loving attitude is really important for all of us to survive. We will get through this. We're getting toward the, the pandemic itself is really over. The politicians won't let it be over because they love to control us. But don't let them control you. Don't let them control you. Stay healthy, stay social. And uh, we're going to be okay. Things are going to get better. And don't believe anything you hear on mainstream media television. They're just reading a script. They are the dumbest of the dumb because all they're doing is reading. There's no critical thinking involved at all. And I see in my show notes, I was going to talk about proton pump inhibitors. And I didn't do that, did I? Well, look, you know, I've been talking about them for years and, and how they're just no good. Uh, they interfere with your stomach acids and it's uh, really hard to get off of them because they decrease the stomach acids so much that when you finally do get off of them, you get a rebound. But now I got to admit that, that the establishment now is admitting that there's a problem. Now they want you to take action. I talked to, hold it one second, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I've talked about them for years, about how you can get nutrient deficient with these. The, and they're only meant to take for four to six weeks and people stay on them for years. Now, the powers that be are urging people to quit them. Maybe they listen to one of my podcasts. How about that? So what are they worried about? About these drugs, which had monstrous sales, both by prescription and over the counter and monstrous profits to the drug companies. 
But you know what? Now they're finally realizing, like I've been talking about for years now, that they can cause potentially deadly infections, especially pneumonia, nutritional deficiencies due to absorption issues. You cannot absorb B12 if you don't have uh, acid. They also um, mess with your magnesium absorption. It can cause bone loss and fractures. You don't absorb calcium. They've been associated with dementia and kidney disease. And that's just a short list that the establishment tells you about. Why? Because they saw a report in gastroenterology. They should have listened to my program three and four years ago. I've been talking about this. You know, they caused the problem with uh, this, the pharmaceutical companies caused the problem in the first place because every day they get people to use medicines and then they overuse them. And then when they finally... Uh, run their course and made as much money as possible. Then they get them approved to be over the counter. So people can self-medicate themselves right into danger. There's no package inserts with the over the counter ones. So if you don't take them, don't start. And if you're on them, don't keep taking them. But one caveat. You have to be under the care of a physician to get off. Because as what I told you earlier, this rebound effect where the acid comes back worse than when you started. The medication causes, it's not because of your stomach, the medication has caused it. So that as you're coming off, you know, don't make the mistake of saying, gosh, I, I really needed them. No, you didn't really need them. The medication caused this rebound. You have to be weaned off of this drug. And it can be tricky. And there's natural alternatives like deglycerolized licorice, DGL. I mean, there's, there's things your physician and healthcare provider can do for you. And sometimes all it takes is a, a micro, uh, like a megaspore supplement, a, a probiotic, and maybe enzymes like Dr. Wang's Zymessence. But see your naturopathic healthcare provider if you've been taking these proton pump inhibitors like Nexium and Prelosac and so forth. Okay, so... I'm glad I saw that little note. I did want to talk, talk to you about that. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next week. I want to talk to you more about how it's important to have, have self-care. And uh, I've been noticing a lot of people complaining about neuropathy. So, maybe we'll talk a little bit about neuropathy next week. So, have a great time. Stay positive. Love yourself. Love your neighbor. Have an attitude of gratitude, and we're going to get through this. Okay, see you next week. Hey, everybody, Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. If it's all about good health, he's the man you got to see. He has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week when the doctor is in the house. Or when the doctor is in the house. 
Let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house Let the doctor know what's bothering you I'm sure he can tell you just what to do The doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house Let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house So if you have a pain Call the doctor If you have a strain Call the doctor Let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house. See you next week.